Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about open table play? Yes, but I uh, let's do it this week because I won't be here next week. Wait, what? Oh, I was doing a bit. You know, like open table dropping in and out between sessions. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host, dropping in, Phil. And I'm your other host who's always here, Senda. Well, That's you could weird. have been dropping out. I don't want to drop, drop out. In, I'm here. Drop out. No, but I'm not dropping out. I'm here. It was the bit. The bit's dying. <laughs> All right, we should just move on to the topic then. Okay. So tonight's topic comes from our favorite RPG merchant, Jim Likes Games. And Jim asked on our forums... Hey, pandas, I'd love to hear your take on campaigns that have players dropping in and out, either because you're playing open table style like the gauntlet, or just because you've got a group that's in flux, like at a game store or in a school situation where players come and go and lives happen. Like you want a persistent world with ongoing plots and NPCs, but you can't count on the same PCs being there all the time. What are your best practices from the character arc slash relationship angle and the plot slash storyline angle? So the open table style is a great way to run a game on a regular basis and not have to worry about who can and can't make it. But it does, as Jim pointed out, pose some challenges. So the first thing we're going to do is go to the definition panda um, to define the open table style. And then we can actually get to Jim's questions. So Phil, tell us about the open table style. Yeah, so open table style is a, a way of playing RPG arcs and campaigns that allow players to drop in or out of sessions without having to commit to being present for all of the sessions, right? And this is in contrast to more traditional uh, tables where everybody kind of agrees to start and finish the arc together, right? So this often means that if someone can't make a session, those games get canceled or the main arc gets put on hold and the remaining members of the t- group play something tangential. For example, most of my scum and villainy campaign because people kept not showing up was actually a game of yes. Yeah, so, th- and that's the thing, right? Like typically when we run tables we try to have everybody be together, right? So I would not do an open table for my things from the flood game, right? I have three players and that's really tightly coupled. But what I am actually leaning towards is doing open table for my DCC game. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is also one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this tonight. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, so open table is best suited for situations where there's no expectation of a stable gaming group. But there's a desire to play more than one shots. So it what it means is that pretty much everybody can commit to the date and time, but also recognize that there'll be times where they can't. Yeah. Right. And that the game won't be held up. Right. This is the important part of the table. Open table. The game won't be held up when a person here and there doesn't make it yes um and i think that's a very important part of this because what it does is it frees people up so that if it frees people up on one side so if they can't make a game they can just be like cool i can't make it this week i got a dentist appointment but at the same time for the gaming group it doesn't hold them hostage because it says okay well sean can't make it this week cool we're still playing yeah 
Like that doesn't right. mess it up for everybody. Yeah. Right. All right. And so as Jim mentioned, the Gauntlet community uses this for the arcs that they run online because it's really hard to schedule people for online games, especially you can get them to commit to four or five games in a row. Right. So um, they use this this open table format, but it also works for game store campaigns like where you're running a you're running a campaign in a store and, you know, people might come in and out. And it works really good for long con. So if you're running like at a con, if you're running three interlocked adventures, you could do long con format where people can sign up for all three or somebody can sign up for the first one and then somebody else will sign up for the other two, like the other two spaces in the second and third one. Right. Cool. So the main challenges that we run into with these games are continuity and pacing. Right. Both of these require connected sessions to occur so that those things can develop. Right, but if people drop in and out of the game, it can be challenged to est- challenging to establish and maintain these things. Right, which brings us to Jim's questions. So I'm going to look at the character slash relationship angle. Yep, and I'm going to look at the plot storyline angle. So some of the challenges with characters and relationships in an open table format are establishing relationships with people who haven't played before who are dropping in, right? And advancing relationships with NPCs when you are dropping both in and out. So let's look at some tips for both of them. First, let's talk about establishing relationships. So one of the things that works really well for an open table is to have some kind of larger group to which the various characters are aligned or belong, right? Yeah, so something like a guild, an adventuring company, a military unit, League of Heroes, something something like that. Like having a like that large organization that's larger than just the group of players. Right. So this creates a reason that they all know each other and that they have a reason to have existing relationships with each other even if you're dropping someone in, right? So next, you can have a standard set of relationship building questions that you can use anytime a newer a new player drops into the game so that you have a starting point for, for everybody who joins and it's sort of the same thing, the same stuff you're figuring out, right? Yep. And then you should just use those questions right at the start of the session to get the new player integrated in with the group. Um, or even better, if like this is a thing where you know that like you know that, that who's gonna arrive at your game instead of just like waiting to see who shows up, um, then you could do it in advance, like by email or something like that. Right. And the questions that you ask should be tied through their common connection, whatever that thing is, right? That group that they're all part of. And then you can use them to establish links to more than one character in the group itself. So that as they start playing, they have those connections both to the people they're with and to the larger group, right? Um, Another thing we would recommend is to use something uh, like the 13th age icons, right? Like that'd be another way to do this. Right. thirteenth. So 13th Age, if you're not familiar, the icons are these powerful NPCs who are prominent in the world. And they're, um, they're sometimes like patrons or sometimes like they're allies to, to the players. Right. So every character in the game in this kind of scenario would have a relationship with at least one of the icons so that when they come into the game, they always have a tie to that major NPC and potentially to any other of the PCs who also have a tie to that major NPC. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. absolutely. All right. So then let's just talk quickly about um, advancing relationships, right? Because this is problematic when people are coming in and out. Yep, absolutely. This one's um, a lot harder because relationships advance with the accumulation of sessions played, right? We need to play through sessions to have discussions about relationships, like to let the relationship unfold. 
Right. So if a player has just dropped into the game, you can give them a scene with an NPC and that's cool and good, but it's not going to create a like an evolution of relationship if it's just the one scene, right? Like they have to have more sessions to actually evolve into um, a relationship that evolves and changes, right? So the, the GM or the player should be keeping track of which NPCs that player has been interacting with so that the next time they come to the game, then you have the opportunity to present those situations again so or, the, or those NPCs again so that you can have more moments so that you can advance a relationship, right? So mm-hmm. um, again, to tie back with the, our, our sort of second idea for managing this stuff, um, if you tie um, each of your PCs to the, the icons, for example, um, then those are NPCs who are always present and you don't have to worry about bringing them back in because they're just always there. Um, and you don't have to work them back into the story. There they are, waiting for yeah. you, right? Yeah, and, and you know, if a if a player just writes it like on an index card or something, sticks it on their character sheet, like who their NPCs are, right? Like that'll be helpful. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna talk about plot and storyline. All right, cool. So keeping track of all the plot of the game, right, is gonna be tricky when people are dropping in and out. Right. This is this is like the equivalent of like this is the equivalent of like watching the extended version of like Lord of the Rings and people keep getting up to like go to work to make it like make dinner, run out like to do errands and then keep coming back in. Right. right. Like, hey, what happened while I was gone? Exactly. <laughs> so here are a few tips that we think will help with that. Right. The first one is what has happened thus far? So you're going to need to keep some sort of a summary document of the the plot to date. Now, I would say that like on a cool side, you could do the whole campaign, but that's really not what's going to be needed for the drop in drop out. You really need to keep a summary document of the arc that's going on. Now, if you get a real eager beaver player who wants to read the whole history of everything, good at them. But you should maybe then just create a document per arc. And then this summary document for the contents of what has happened thus far in the arc um, is something then you can compile, right? Right. And it shouldn't be like, you know, three pages per session. It should be no, 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 a bullets. summary. Yes. Bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you cannot expect people to try to consume and digest that much information. So keep this digestible and um it can either be kept by the players themselves in a shared document like they can jot things down like here's three sentences about what happened this week or you the gm can uh keep it and update it between sessions be like this is what you did this week right or a little of both or all of the above in a shared document right yeah so when a new player drops in you can hand them the document and again, if you know a new player is coming in like beforehand, right? So this yeah. isn't like a con or something. Like if this is like your standard game group that people are dropping in out of, then you can just hand them the document or send it to them. Like, hey, here's our Google Doc with what's happened thus far. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be um, that's going to be a valuable tool to get people at least some background on what's going on. Again, I'm going to go back to the same thing you talked about, which is organizations. Right. Um, Organization is going to be key here. And for plots, don't tie your main plot and arc to an individual or small group of characters at your table because you don't have a guarantee that they're going to make it to every session. Right. And then we get into missing player, um, you know, the missing player question. Like, what do I do when I've tied my campaign to a player and that player doesn't show up again? Like, which is, you know, a disaster. 
Right. And in the whole idea of having an open table is trying to avoid that stuff, right? Um, it's it's exactly that. to avoid this. Right. Yes. Yeah. So so the idea of relying on an organization being the driving force of the plot is that then your party of heroes is not trying to stop the cultist, but the organization of paranormal intervention is taking action against the cultist. So whoever is available from the organization of paranormal investigation is those are the people acting on this week's problem. Yeah. Or, you know, the organization has sent reinforcements. Right. Like when more we heard there was a problem, yep. we sent some extra specialists. Yep. Yeah. And then um, all the players that are there for that individual session are the ones that are pulled in to help. Yes. Also, if you want to kind of check out a really cool idea in a game that I have always wanted to play, and now it occurs to me that might be really fun to play in a uh, open table kind of thing, is a comic book series that is near and dear to my heart called Global Frequency, which very much could do an open uh, table style play. Oh, so much so. Okay. <laughs> last piece of a tip. Last, last tip that I have about plot and storyline. Yeah. Give some warning when climax is climax is approaching. <laughs> I mean, I think this is generally good advice taken out of every context, right? Like, yeah, but you wrote in my giggle, which made me giggle like right on time, which was pretty I was funny. Pretty aware of who my who would be listening to this first, right? All right, so give some warning when climax is approaching. While not every player is going to make it to every session. There is always a heightened interest when you get to the climax of a given story arc. So when you know that the story climax approaching, you can send out a message to let people know that it's coming. Having more people show up to the climax can help emulate those really big climactic scenes in TVs and movies, like when backup arrives, right? So think of like that moment in Endgame when like after Cap has been beaten down and the portals open and everybody comes pouring through the portals for the the big, um, the big battle, right? Like you can have that with this kind of open table thing if you kind of tell people in advance, like, hey, the big set piece battle is occurring next week. Uh, if you can make it, that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. So if you can do that, like you can have that kind of moment, which is cool, right? Like those are cool things to emulate in games. Yeah. So anyway, when we start telling people about our approaching climax, uh, it must be time to wrap up the show and get to our sweet denouement. But first, I'm going to tell you about another show on the Misdirected Mark <laughs> Network because Senda can't stop laughing. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to tell Chris gonna, and the Mad no, Wizard no, Sean Merwin dish everything about D and D with a focus on the brand the and the newest edition of the world's <laughs> most popular tabletop RPG. Fine, you do it. <clears throat> Say, Senda. Yes, yes, Phil. <laughs> Where can people reach us on the internet? <laughs> well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can join our forums on the uh, Misdirected Mark forums. It is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or if you prefer, you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Well, much like Jim likes games, please uh, leave us a question that you would like us to answer on the show. We love doing shows about the things that you find interesting. Uh, we pride ourselves on nearly like 95 to 98 percent of um, user generated ideas. Although next week, sneak peek next week, it is an idea that we came up with. Well, um, people have asked us about it before. Uh, so. You know what? Damn it. You're right. Like, actually, a ton of people have asked yeah. us about it before. And we kept and deflecting we kept being it. like, no, we don't really know. And 
and so but now but, we have but some now thoughts. we know now, well now anyway that's thoughts. all the foreshadowing anyway leave us some ideas questions uh thoughts things you'd like to see us talk about whatever uh we like to do those things i will work them into a workable show and it's awesome and we love to do them and if you love what we do here or elsewhere on the Mr. Mark Network, please consider backing our Patreon campaign. Patre- the Patreon campaign is what helps keep the lights on. It is what allows us to do this and the other shows on the Mr. Mark Network uh, every week, and, uh, which we hope. And to yes, be and. on the hunt for a new show. Which, if you haven't seen the announcement about that or didn't remember the announcement about this from last week, please check out the news category on the Misdirected Mark website. We are looking for pitches for a very specific kind of show. Yeah, absolutely. So all of those things are only possible because you all support us uh, and are and allow us to do that. So when you do support our Patreon campaign, you get a whole bunch of stuff. You get access to the bonus outtakes um, from this show, which I swear this week will be uh, absolute gold. Um, you will get um, the um, misdirected Mark uh, after show, which is always a bit racy and fun. Uh, you get access to our Slack room for life, which um, is just like one of my favorite places on the internet. It includes access to our uh, Minecraft server. If you like to break some blocks, if you like to mine things to craft them and craft things to mine them, then uh, you should definitely come check us out. We have a really nice server. We have a really friendly community. And it's uh, like a nice little socialist utopia uh, online uh, as we build things together and share resources and stuff. Anyway, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff uh, that we like to do for um, for our patrons. We also like to give shout outs to our patrons. And we have three such shout outs tonight. Do you want to do them? I would love to. Mike Dino's the Inquisitor of Mark. And, Thanks, and pretzel. Mike. And pretzel. Of course, pretzel. Pretzel, the best pretzel. Adorable yes. doggy pretzel. Steve Bissonette, thank you so much, Steve. And Nate Brooms, thank you so much, Nate. Yep, thank you so much to all of them and all of our other patrons who make this possible week to week. There is one more thing that people can do that if they're already back in the Patreon campaign or unable to back the Patreon campaign but still want to give us a little boost, um, there's a thing you can do. It involves Apple Podcasts. And what is that thing? You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. And every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show because of the way that search algorithms work and stuffs. So we really super duper appreciate them. And you can just think of it like this. When you're sitting at Thanksgiving dinner, oh, it will be passed. When you're eating your leftover apple pie from Thanksgiving dinner, You'll be like, Apple Pie, Apple Podcasts. I should leave a review. And yes. Thank you so much to everyone who has already left a review. Brilliant. I know. I'm a genius. If only I'd thought of it last week. Say, Phil, uh, show me how you would set up an open table Hydro Hackers game. Right. So the easy part to this is that first there's a neighborhood. So everybody's going to be part of the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And- show me what you got. Hey, show me what you got. Show me what you got. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Click, click, clicky. Bloop. Alrighty. Meow. Meow. <laughs> is it the face? Do I have a meow face? You have a meow face. I'm not sure. I know I do.
but I, I don't look at my face when I do it. So. I know you always you always look up and you bring your eyebrows together. So you go, meow. I don't know if I can do it. Meow. I don't know. It it must be the face I need to make in order to produce the sound. It's fine. Okay. Sorry. It was it's okay. It was I like it. Okay. I'm good. Bloop. Uh just cue music. <laughs> boom boom. Boom boom boom. There we go. Bloop. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host dropping in, Phil. Oh no, I pulled a sneeze hack. Did your phone go off? Yes, my phone just went off. Amateur hour here. Amateur hour. <coughs> it's fine. I'm going to cut it out because it was on my track, not your track. And now I'm just going to pretend that never happened. Ready? Mm-hmm. Bloop. And oh, what did you say? That you're dropping in, host, Phil? Bloop. Bloop. When the climax is appro- approaching. When yes. a climax is approaching. When a when a when anyone's climax. <laughs> I'm sorry. When when the when the arc's climax is approaching. <laughs> How do you define who the arc is in a relationship? <laughs> well, there's a top arc and then there's a bottom arc. I love that you paused and you did the finger thing and then you explained. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole new version of this because this one can go in the outtakes. I mean, I giggle on time, though. I can fix it. It's fine. Just keep going. So the last piece of advice is give some warning when the climax for the arc is approaching. <laughs> now it's really funny. <laughs> I made you lose it. <laughs> I- I'm trying. Shutting I'm trying up to now. finish here. I'm shutting I'm up. trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to finish here and you're distracting me. I need to I need to concentrate on finishing. Yeah, I need to get that climax. I, I definitely need to get that climax. When you know that the story climax is approaching, you can send out a message to let people know that it's coming. <laughs> phrasing? Are we still, like, doing are we phrasing? still doing phrasing? Because that whole thing was a mess. It was a mess? No. I'm just going to leave that there as well. Well, kids, <laughs> we are explicit and you, you have, have been, been warned. warned. Uh, yeah. God, I don't even know if I can read the next sentence. Go ahead, hit the next line, see how you do. I can't. It's too. No, do it. We're, we're going off to orgies. Just read it. <laughs> yeah. Um, having. <laughs> I'm not saying I did it on purpose. <laughs> I'm also might have. Anyway, take another try at it. <laughs> so having. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I can't get to. More I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do no, it. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> you keep laughing. So having. <laughs> So having more people I'm show up. This level of here. <laughs> I can't All right, I'm gonna do this line. Okay. You keep laughing. I'm just gonna go through this line. You can drop your track. <laughs> having more people show up to the climax. Bloop. You know, we just let everybody play um 
uh, all the playbooks. And if there's more players than that, like we can double up. We can start having like two hackers, two plumbers, that kind of thing. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Thirty-five minutes. Yeah, that's pretty good. But I gotta say, like, I knew you were playing with the word climax. I just don't think you realized what you had done with the rest of that paragraph. <laughs> I Having didn't more realize people show up to the climax. I couldn't. I didn't realize until after until we <laughs> until we got into the recording, and I was like, "Wow, what was I thinking when I wrote that?" <laughs> I mean, pretty much, if I use the word climax, climax. in an episode, it's gonna like, go. It's gonna go a direction for sure. Correct. I'm in, I'm I am incapable of avoiding the obvious joke that goes with that. I know. Um, but and so just I just if I could have gotten past having more people show up to the climax, we would have been fine. But I could not say that series of seven words. I mean, I don't think it's wrong. <laughs> say goodbye. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>